We're going to pay attention to the big international story over the past couple of weeks. Um, a tentative ceasefire remains in effect in the Middle East as fighting between the Israelis and the Palestinians has subsided for now. But not before that cl- conflict claimed uh, 279 Palestinian lives and another 12 Israelis. Ferry de Karakov is a former Canadian ambassador to the Middle East. He is also a CG. AI fellow. We've chatted with him before and he gave us an excellent breakdown on the situation there, so we thought we'd have him back for an update. Uh, Ferry, thanks for joining us again this morning. Appreciate it. With pleasure. So, the ceasefire remains in effect and now we hear all kinds of talk about diplomacy. The U.S. Secretary of State in the region today, uh, all kinds of U.N. involvement. Uh, Just given us an update on the diplomacy and how we got to this point and where we might go. Well, as expected after the struggle between the Palestinian of Gaza particularly and the Israeli IDF, Israeli Defense Force. We had to await for, on the one side, the Egyptian intervention, as happened in 2008 during the Operation Castled in 2014, which was a time when the last occurrence of this, uh, you know, explosion in Gaza because of the Hamas control of this minor impoverished enclave uh, of about 2.5 million inhabitants on in a very tiny area the size of I don't know, uh, not even Detroit and certainly not Toronto. Uh, And so it's a kind of a repetition of the explosion because on the one side you have Hamas, which continues to refuse to formally recognize Israel, who doesn't want to get along with the Palestinian Authority of aging Mahmoud Abbas. There was supposed to be some election, uh, and Mahmoud Abbas took advantage of the fact that the Israeli didn't want to allow an election in East Jerusalem because Israel considered East Jerusalem part and parcel of the undivided Jerusalem as the capital city of Israel, even though East Jerusalem has a majority population of Palestinians, therefore it's absolutely legitimate to have them uh, vote in the election. On the other hand, Mahmoud Abbas was getting increasingly concerned and worried that he would lose that election, and he used the fact that Israel would not allow election in East Jerusalem to cancel the election and therefore avoid being trounced at the poll because there's not many people today that still believe in Mahmoud Abbas right. as in a capacity as a leader in a totally corrupt environment. But then, on the other hand, when Tony Blinken comes to the region, of course, he's not going to talk to Hamas because Hamas is considered a terrorist organization, and so he's going to talk to Mahmoud Abbas, which is futile and, and, and somewhat somewhat ludicrous, if I can mention. But anyway, I'm, I'm being very cynical <laughs> about it all, because as I said, it's the third time, right. and the, the, the result is exactly the same one, whacking the Gaza, because they launched this time over 4,000 rockets, some unfortunate, you know, 279 killed on the Gaza side and a dozen on the Israeli side. None of that is good. Uh, and and, and on the American side, Biden claims that it his effort who led to the ceasefire. Well, if he hadn't had the Egyptian in his corner, it yeah. probably wouldn't have obtained. And on the other hand, uh, I, I, I can go on and on and on. Just interrupt me because we could really... Uh, well, I know, could fair, go I on want, about I, the... F- I wanted yeah. to ask you, you mentioned the political... Um, 
behind the scenes, or not behind the scenes, but the political, um, you know, impetus for this from the Palestinian side. And there's, and as you mentioned, you know, uh, the, all the issues that Mahmoud Abbas was facing and the fact that he would likely lose the election. So, but there was also a similar thing playing out on the Israeli side, where Benjamin Netanyahu uh, has not been able to form a government there, uh, yep. and he probably was at risk of losing uh, the prime minister's job because there were other parties that were going to form a government. Plus, he's up on corruption yep. charges, so he also had reason to try and bring something else to the forefront. To a, to a point that some nasty people that may include me might say that what happened on the Alexa uh, mosque was kind of an engineered... Uh, uh, operation in addition to the, the Sheikh Jarrah dispossession of Palestinian of their their house under judicial uh, arbitration, which was postponed. But all of that looks rather familiar. Political crisis on one side, political crisis on the other. The advantage to Netanyahu to, I you know, engineer a crisis or uh, take advantage of the crisis to reestablish his credibility. It doesn't seem to be turning altogether to his advantage because, in fact, with the, the four, over 4,000 rockets, the threats for, for al-Israeli uh, in Ashad and various near, near cities to Gaza, but also Tel Aviv. And that has changed the, the ball game in a way, and the political uh, situation, because in fact, a lot of Israeli are saying did the, did the IDF have a plan? Are, you know, would they go all the way instead of destroying various buildings in Gaza and quite a lot of them and the tunnels which we all know about but is there a solution that came out of the IDF intervention the answer is positively no and in, in a sense that Hamas is still alive and well oh yeah they killed a few of the leaders but there's many Hamas leaders that are delighted to take over from the one who are deceased because they always claim victory so in a way we, we're at a, a similar state. My problem, my problem with what is going on and the Tony Blinken uh, approach and the Biden approach is that none of these guys are going to look at the root cause of the conflict. Right, none exactly. of these guys are going to try and establish or force the Israeli to create or to allow for a two-state solution, which would, by definition, bring Hamas probably to the table and recognizing finally that game is over for them. So, and that's the issue, Ferry. I mean, we've talked about this, like you say, multiple times before we managed to get a very tentative and fragile ceasefire brought in, but none of the issues that, you know, can be triggered at any moment for political gain or through natural escalation are dealt with. They remain and they could flare up later this afternoon for all we know. Yeah, for all, for all we know, they could flare up because also there was some uh, some more action uh, on the ground of Alexa Mosque because the IDF is being the ID the IDF and 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 the and the, uh, the Israeli police is taking what I think is here is clearly engineered. I I I'm 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 accusing, if I may, the Israeli government to engineer a massive repression on the Palestinian outside. Of 
of Gaza who are accused of encouraging the Gazan participating in some of the fight that took place in, in joint cities where you have Israeli and Palestinian together, and ignoring the fact that there was on both sides some pretty nasty activities. And what is intriguing is that the Israeli are, are actually arresting a Palestinian for having or being accused of, of going to their house to see to what extent they participate in the event, but the similar action is not taking the, uh, against the Israeli who had the same kind of, of nasty uh, bout of uh, insurgency. So it's, it's, it's typical, I'm sorry to say, but it's typical of the Israeli to always have double standard when they deal with the outcome of a Gazian explosion. And in a way, as I think I said last time, Gaza is a kind of, of, of legitimization of the violence and the continuation of a settle, settlement policy. We, we Don't forget, we are in a mode that was launched by Ariel Sharon at the time when he was trying to negotiate with Arafat and with the help of George Bush, the, the, the kid, the son. But, but, you know, Ariel Sharon was, and if I mention Jabotinsky, he will ask me to give you a hundred-page explanation of who is Jabotinsky. He's one of the founders of the return to the promised land. And for him, the key, the key outcome had to be a majority of Jews in into, the, into Palestine, and Ariel Sharon took that and launched it in a way that was brutal, and Netanyahu followed suit. So the, 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 the problem is in Israel, and I don't know what I mentioned last time, that the problem is that it has to be Zionist in government, and so the, the, the move to the right of the political spectrum in, in, in Israel made this vision of dominating a majority population, dispossession, settlers' expropriation, and all of that is part of the broad scheme of thing of creating a Jewish Palestine, and and it's and and the problem is that there is a solution, but it's it's going by the wayside day by day, right, and yeah. you do not see a commitment on the part of the American to really establish a two-state solution. It's the mantra, as I said last time, that is constantly evoked. It's everybody in the international community abides by it because it's an easy solution. They know it's not going to happen, but it's easy to say, oh, but we're all in yeah, favor yeah. of this. You know what I mean? But nobody actually moves towards that. Which no, there's no movement towards right, yeah. it because there, there's, no, there's no will on the part of the Israeli. And there's, there is, Hamas is, is destroying any ability of of creating that two-state, sure. because it's very easy. From, from the days of Ariel Sharon, Arafat to today, the Israeli legitimately said, if you don't stop your aggression, why would we do the, why, why we would do the bidding for the Palestinian? You sort it out, you guys, and you are two enemies in front of us, and we're not going to arbiter. Yeah. We're just going to prevent anything from happening for the security Israeli. Ferry, always great to chat. Thank you for the update. 
Wait, pleasure. I'm not sure I'm updating anything because well, it keeps really on changed, turning right? in circles. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks. That is Ferry de Kerkhove, a former ambassador to the Middle East uh, for the Canadian government, and 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 as he said, we're you know it's the same thing, and and, and you on the text line echoing this. We, we've seen this movie before, over and over and over and over, and will it ever change? Um, and you know, Ferry pointing out that there's lots of talk around the two state solution, and yeah, that's the answer, that's the key, that's how we're going to do it, but. We do absolutely nothing to move forward in that direction. So uh, we'll see how long this ceasefire lasts, hopefully uh, much longer than the previous ones.